I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome back to the Lynx Golf Podcast. This is digital editor Al Lunsford with Lynx. Joining me today is a good friend of mine, uh, a colleague from various professions of mine. He's been sticking around in golf for a while. I kind of bounced in and out, but uh, we're back together working again. His name's Adam Stanley, and he's a contributor to Lynx, uh, our Lynx Insider Newsletter uh, and lynxmagazine.com. Adam, thanks for joining me today. How's it going up where you are? Yeah, no, I appreciate you uh, asking me to be on here today and looking forward to our chat. And you're right, I was trying to remember before we got going when it was that we first connected and first met what the year was. And I was probably 15, maybe 16 at uh, one of the events there that you were working at. And uh, yeah, it's been a fun ride up to this point and things are okay. It's kind of crazy. I live in Ottawa, uh, which is the capital of Canada. It's about four and a half hours northeast of Toronto. And it snowed here this morning and it did not just snow like a little bit. Like it, re- it snowed from like six thirty ish when my alarm went off up until about nine, uh, when I had kind of got my day moving and thought, why is it still snowing? So <laughs> it was, it was a rough go to start this Friday, but here our conversation, uh, hopefully will make the day end a little bit nicer. Yeah. I saw that on your uh, Instagram story, I think. And my eyes popped out of my head because I'm down here in Hilton Head and it's maybe 70 today. It's it's nice. It's a little chilly, I'd guess, I'd say, for me. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> and then you said 15-16 is when we first met. That means 2015-16. You weren't 15 or 16 no. years old. I don't want that. No confusion no. there. Let, let's yeah. not make, make people uh, confused about that. No, I've been doing this since I... Uh, since 2013 uh, was when I got started and yeah, I just celebrated my seven year anniversary of going out uh, in the golf media space and uh, kind of taking things out on, on my own. And uh, it's been quite the ride so far. I know you have a bunch of uh, opportunities yeah. in the writing space and, and you have a podcast yourself that just started the reteed podcast. I've seen it popping up on my social media feed. Uh, looks like that's going really well for you. Are you, did you grow up big in the game of golf? Is that, is that why you decided to, to get into golf or is what, when did you start playing yourself? Yeah, I, I played baseball a lot growing up originally. And then I started to play golf when I was 10 or 11 and it was my grandfather, like probably so many other listeners who either, you know, have grandfathers got them into the game or our grandfathers themselves. You know, it was kind of our thing. My dad is left-handed. I'm right-handed and my grandfather was right-handed and it became the thing that we did. We could do it at the cottage. We could do it in Toronto at golf courses close to where we both lived uh, or the cottage, which is about two and a half, three hours Northeast of Toronto. Uh, You know, there was a handful of kind of just run of the mill cottage country sort of layouts, but again, it became our thing. So yeah, most summers from 10 or 11 onwards. And then I got half decent by the time high school rolled around. I was the captain of our high school golf team in uh, grade 12. So when I was a senior and we won the like regional championship, so 
the city of Toronto is, you know, 6 million plus people and, and there's, it's broken up into different regions, not unlike many major U.S. cities, I'm sure. Uh, so we won our region and then we made it to the city championship, was, which was played at uh, Angus Glen Golf Club that year, which has hosted the Canadian Open a couple times and we, we got to play there. So that was probably the, the peak of my competitive golfing life. Uh, before I went off to university and and didn't compete and now I just play for fun and it's much better that way. Oh yeah, I I played competitive golf up through high school and yeah, haven't really looked back since. Mm-hmm. Now I'll take I'll take some money off my friends here and there, but most of them are fudging their handicaps anyway, so they'll get me as well. <laughs> but it all, it all kind of evens out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, the reason why I wanted to have you on today is because I wanted to talk to uh, our listeners about the entire country, really, of Canada being this underrated golf destination. It might not be the first place you think of in terms of planning a golf trip, but there's a lot of good options, a lot of a lot of variety as well. Um, you think about Canada and the length or the width that it stretches, is, it's even longer than the United States is and has a similar kind of setup in terms of the elevation. You've got the Rockies extending up. But before I do that, before we get on that conversation, I just wanted to ask you in in terms of curiosity, you know, we just saw in the U.S., Massachusetts was the last state other than Alaska where it's just not golf season right now. But Massachusetts was the last state to reopen some golf courses from temporary restrictions to coronavirus and I wondered how it was golf was being treated in Canada right now. Is it so far north that you aren't even really in season or are places still closed? Is that still still something that's restricted in Canada? Yeah, it, it's, it's a great question. And, and just like in the United States, it would be a province to province decision. You know, every, like you said, each state kind of made their decisions as it related to when they were going to open or not. And the same thing is happening here province to province. Like I said, off the top, it did snow here today. Usually, I would say early May golf courses where I live would be open. Certainly, southern uh, Ontario, close to Toronto, even more south, like Windsor near Detroit, they would be open now too. BC and British Columbia all the way out west, which is like our Oregon, you know, you can play golf there 11 and a half months out of the year, basically. So their golf courses are open. They were closed for a while. Uh, They're back open again due to uh, coronavirus with uh, all of the restrictions in place. Uh, Alberta, the next province over, they just opened last weekend. So that would have been the weekend of the 2nd and the 3rd of May. They could have been open earlier. Their weather is a little bit more temperate, so they would have been all right there. The next province over is Saskatchewan. They are opening on the 15th, so that's a week from today. May the 15th is when they open. Manitoba, next over. They are open now, I believe. Ontario, where I live, not open. But in the next 10 to 15 days, I'm told we will be able to golf again. Quebec, uh, the next province, uh, much larger. And I believe there are 30 to 40% of all coronavirus cases in the country are in Quebec right now. So... They have not said anything about whether they're going to be opening anytime soon. Tough optically, I think, if they decide to go ahead and do that. Uh, Nova Scotia, uh, which is where Cabot Links is, they haven't said anything yet, but I think they're on the same timeline as Ontario. And the rest of the provinces out east, Newfoundland, Prince Edward Island, and New Brunswick, I believe, are all open as of now. So really, it's just Nova Scotia, Quebec, and Ontario that are hanging on. And... 
it's not really surprising that Ontario and Quebec haven't opened yet, given their large populations and given the fact that, you know, if you add those two provinces together, you're probably looking at 60 to 70, maybe even more percent of all COVID-19 cases are there. So they're just being safe. Optic-wise, it's tough to say, hey, everything's okay. We're going to open up golf courses now. But you know, in golf's defense, it's a little bit safer. It's a little bit wider open than it is to go to some of these tight trails and public parks that they have opened up to this point. So hopefully soon, but they're doing it for the right reasons. Sure. Makes perfect sense to me. Let's get a little positive. You know, let's think about where we can go in terms of thinking to Canada once we, well, I mean, now's a good time to plan as any, but let's get some, I want to start with some general travel info and tips in terms of Canada. What's the best time of year or what is golf season in Canada? Yeah, I mean, golf season, I think a lot of people are probably thinking, man, it's like really up there. It must be freezing. And oh my gosh, this guy just said it snowed on May the 8th. But it's our golf season is very comparable to the northeastern United States in terms of in terms of length. Like we're talking six to seven months of time, you know, May, June, July, August, uh, September and October. And then eh, into November is a little iffy, but unless you're out West in, in British Columbia. So you've got six solid months. And I would say that the best time to come play golf in Canada across the board is either October fall golf is undefeated up here, no matter where you are or the June time frame. So you're looking at that early spring, you know, golf courses have been open for, you know, six ish weeks and they're coming around and looking just mint by that point, you know, mid, mid to late June. But then by the time September and October rolls around and you've got the color, you've got a season's worth of growth. Uh, it is absolutely spectacular. It would be, you know, maybe you, you might have to put on a vest in, uh, in June, maybe a quarter zip in October, but some of those late September days, you can get up into the in the 70s and maybe even the 80s, depending on where you are. Uh, of course, I'm talking Fahrenheit. We would do it in Celsius, but uh, <laughs> I'm trying to give it uh, give you the benefit of the of the doubt here. Well, what else can I say about traveling to Canada? I think first and foremost, you need a passport. If you don't have one, uh, you're going to need one if you want to come to Canada. But it's not like it's overtly difficult to get here. Major airlines, American or Canadian, will get you from most major U.S. cities to our cities as well, especially Toronto. I mean, it's the same size as Chicago. You can basically get to Toronto from almost any U.S. city. Montreal, certainly. Uh, Calgary and Vancouver, definitely from as you go more west. And even Halifax, which is where you have to fly into for Cabot, you know, you can get directly there from New York and Boston and stuff like that. So you come to Toronto as your kind of head spot and then you can pretty much get anywhere. So it's really not that hard to get to Canada from almost any city in the U.S. either. And it would make for a nice road trip too for those northern states, uh, you know, jump in the car. From Toronto, if you're talking about a seven to eight hour radius, call it, you know, from Toronto, you can get to Boston, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, you know, you can go on and on. But if you look and you drop a radius circle from Toronto down south and go eight hours, nine hours, and then even 10 hours, like you can go a lot of places uh, if you're looking at coming to Toronto from the U.S. That being said, when you're thinking of this golf trip you'd like to plan to Canada, where does one start? 
what are some places maybe that are your favorite spots or very popular in the country? And then once you've spoken to a few of those, let's cover some underrated spots that maybe only someone local would know. So I keep talking about Toronto because I'm from there. I always kind of consider Toronto as my my home. Uh, I don't live there now, but uh, my parents still do. And I spent pretty much my whole life there. So golf trips to Canada, at least in terms of what else can we do, start in Toronto. You know, you can have the food culture, the culture culture, the other stuff going on, not to mention the golf within a 45-minute sort of semicircle from the CN Tower is some of the best in the country. Certainly, we just got a new uh, a TPC golf course just north of Toronto called TPC Osprey Valley, um, or TPC Toronto at Osprey Valley, excuse me, 54 holes of Lynx-style, just unbelievable golf. And it is a, a sample of what else is out there just really close to the city. Two hours north of the CN Tower, you've got the Muskoka region, uh, which is our cottage country. Celebrities have cottages up there. They're on the lake. uh, And we're talking just that prototypical Canadian golf insofar as there's, you know, rocky outcrops, there's forests, there's mature trees, um, there's friendly people. uh, There's a whole lot of everything that goes up there. So you could really jump in the car do the two hours north for 36, 36, come back down, play TPC Toronto 36 or 54, and then maybe play one or two golf courses closer to the airport and then head home. And and that's, uh, that's a nice little trip to Canada's biggest city. Moving east, you have to go to Cabot. I mean, what more can you say about the place that has quite honestly redefined what it means to golf in this country? When world-class travel writers, when world-class non-travel media publications, when world-class golfers themselves come and say, man, you got to go to this place. All of a sudden it has prompted this little tiny town of maybe 200 people to be placed on the world stage. And the golf is great. The golf is spectacular. I can't really say more about it that hasn't already been said. But the people are really what makes it. Uh, The food is just unbelievable. When you're sitting there, maybe the lights have gone out, but the spotlight's still on the 18th green at Lynx, um, and it's nighttime, and you can do some night putting. I mean, that's an experience you won't really have anywhere else in the country, certainly. Or if your day is done and you're looking at the sunset behind the ocean, that's another experience. Those are things I've done and I get goosebumps just thinking about them. So Cabot links, Cabot cliffs, um, a short course is coming and potentially some more stuff is going on out there. If you haven't yet been, it's not just me saying I'm Canadian and, and go to Cabot because it's Canada and rah, rah. I'm saying go to Cabot because it's world-class. So, you know, out East there's Cabot. Toronto is, is more in the center of the country. And then you go out West and We've got our Pacific Ocean golf courses. We've got our Rocky Mountain golf courses. And those are things that we can do here, which, I mean, there's, there's potential for those, obviously, in the United States as well. But when you think about our uh, Banff, Alberta, Jasper, Alberta, Canmore, Alberta, you've got a good, good mix of 
golfing facilities that are a little bit under the radar, like a, like a Canmore, for example, and then also Stanley Thompson, world, world, uh, renowned layouts like Banff Springs, Jasper Park. Uh, and then you go a little bit more west and you get into Kelowna, the interior of British Columbia, tremendous wine region. And then you get actually into Vancouver itself or Victoria, which is a, its own kind of island just off the coast of British Columbia. And then you're looking at golf courses that are essentially the Pebble Beach of the North. So all of those things can combine into regionally special golf adventures across this country and at a fraction of the price, quite frankly, of the uh, American contemporaries. Because right now, you know, our, our dollar, one American dollar is, I think, a dollar forty Canadian or so. So if you're thinking about, you know, economics right now and, and who isn't obviously in the, in the time of COVID-19 and you still want to get the fellas together or, or get a couple uh, couples together uh, or, or take the ladies out uh, for your annual trip that involves maybe a little golf and a little culture and a little something, all the while saving almost 30% on the dollar come on up, you know, uh, it, it's, it can't happen right this second. But as the governments make their decisions and decide to open the borders back up again and tourism becomes such an important part of driving our economies forward again, it's it's hard to say you can get comparable golf experiences and spend 30% less money and, and not get excited about it. Yeah, totally. I mean, who's going to say no to that? A 30% reduction essentially in your your cost to play a lot of comparable golf courses to ones that people are familiar with, you know, the talk around uh, Cabot is, you know, kind of similar to the way people talk about Bandon Dunes here in the States. And for good reason with Mike Kaiser involved in both of those projects, obviously, um, mm-hmm. as well as the Corey Crenshaw designs. And then Banff, oh my gosh, my my uh, brother-in-law has been out there. Him and my sister took a trip to play that Banff Springs course. And the pictures they came back with are just, absurd um i it kind of reminded me of when i was with the lpga and they went and played uh out by calgary and that's that's nearby banff i didn't actually get to go see banff but loved the town of calgary um Mm -hmm. the thing about all these places too is that you know in terms of being in a different country they it couldn't be more similar for someone coming to the united states than going to canada you you just feel like you've traveled to another, you know, depending on what part of the country you are, Northwest or, or anywhere up on the, on the Northern tier of the United States. It's great. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Now, those are places that people may have heard of. How about some spots Mm -hmm. that the the normal golfer person (laughs) wouldn't have heard of? Yeah, for sure. And I think like when you think uh, if you're kind of on the fence about going to Canada as a golfing destination, 
you have probably at least done a little bit of research into those spots that I mentioned. Certainly Toronto, people just know about Toronto and Cabot, people know about Cabot. But don't sleep on the islands that are next door to Nova Scotia. I, I was on a trip. I played PEI golf last summer. Prince Edward Island is our smallest province. It's our smallest island. You can drive across it in three and a half hours from tip to tip. And it has some of the most magically Cabot-esque golf courses that are have been in this country for a very long time. These are mature golf courses. These are golf courses that are on land that is fertile with this red island soil. And when you're walking on the bunkers or you're walking on the fairway, you come out of the bunker and you knock your shoes and it's red sand. It's just fun. And the people there are amazing. The food is just, I can't say enough about the food. Um, and just everything about the island life is, is very special. So, um, you know, you play a golf course like Green Gables, which is a Stanley Thompson golf course. You play a golf course like Crowbush Cove, which is a top 15 layout in the country. And it's half the price of playing Cabot for not so much a cab- uh, comparable experience, but it's right on the Atlantic Ocean. It's majestic in every way. And it's already half the price of Cabot, not to mention that's in Canadian dollars already. So you're getting an absolute steal by playing a golf course like that, that you will remember for a very, very long time. They're going to have a McKenzie Tour event uh, at, a, at a golf course called uh, Brunel, Brunel River this summer. Uh, so, you know, there's, there's a place that you can play for even less than Crowbush, which is the most expensive golf course on the island, that some of the best players in the world are going to be playing. So I, I really can't say enough about PEI, easy to get to as well. Um, as you're moving kind of back across the country, uh, you know, it's interesting, Calgary, Winnipeg, Regina, and uh, Saskatoon, you know, those are the prairie provinces. Those are the prairie cities. They still have good golf there. It's a little bit on the on the flat side of things, as you can imagine, uh, kind of coming across the country like that. But, you know, there, I wouldn't say, hey, let's, book a trip to go to Saskatchewan or or Winnipeg in the middle of summer, watch out for the mosquitoes, but they have good golf as well, especially if you're in Minnesota or North Dakota or something like that, looking for something different and you want to drive North and and go play at at a discount, just do it. But certainly PEI, like I said, can't say enough about it. And in, in the Toronto area, if you're willing to drive a little bit east of, of Toronto, a lot of people will go straight north or west of the city because that's where the golf courses that people know about are. But if you're willing to go a little bit east into the Land of Lakes region or into the, into the, the Thousand Islands region, you're going to find a lot more magical Canadian cottage, Canadian rocky outcropping, Canadian mature trees and forests sort of situations and it's just going to be like life has slowed down and i think that when you get to a place like pei or cottage country or even uh the middle provinces of canada you're going to find good people great golf amazing food and just life slowed down and what more can he ask for especially on a golf trip that's that sounds yeah. like exactly what you want um when you're when you're playing something like that you're trying to kind of get off the beaten path anyways so sounds very charming and yeah. we have we have a uh a piece i know our editor george pepper has written a piece on prince edward island he called it myrtle beach with a maple leaf there we go was, what was what a nice. descriptor very nice i like slur. that he's got a way with words that man <laughs> <laughs> Endless golf on Prince Edward Island, which is wild. 400 fairways. 
in Prince Edward Island. And that's for a, uh, for an Island of not that many people. There's yeah. a lot of golf all in one, uh, in one place. So you could set yourself up in Charlottetown, which is the capital of the, uh, the province, drive yourself around and not really take too much time doing it. So yeah, Prince Edward Island can't say enough about it. And quite frankly, it maybe got, if I can say one final point on it, it maybe got a little bit overtaken by the Cabot news over the last couple of years, but then people maybe come to Cabot and they discover how nice the people are and everything else. And maybe they've been there two, three, four, five times. What else is around? PEI is the next province over. It's just as simple to get to airplane wise. And, um, you're basically in the same kind of setup right there in the ocean. So it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. It's a great little spot. Yeah. I was looking at it on the map and you know, it's twice the size maybe of Rhode Island. It's West of Maine even. So if Mm -hmm. people are looking at the U S or not West, excuse me, East of Maine. East, East. um, Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's almost like looking at it and trying to mark it off. You're almost out there, you're almost as close to Ireland as you are to the tip of Florida from there. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's just kind of wild to get that perspective of where it was on the map. But yeah, um, I, I, uh, I flew the last time I went to Ireland. So not the first time, but the last time I went, I flew from Ottawa to St. John's, Newfoundland, uh, which is even further East. And then I connected in St. John's and then pressed on to Dublin and the flight from St. John's, Newfoundland to Dublin is only like three hours. Like wow. that's how, like that's how much closer you are to just kind of hop, hop over and, and then you're there. So yeah, yeah. It, it is kind of neat uh, to your point from the beginning of the conversation about how wide our, uh, our country is, we're, we're getting out there. <laughs> it only takes about three hours to fly from one of our provinces to Dublin. So. Yeah. That's an interesting thing for, for people to think about too. You know, our, our Northeastern friends, you know, you're not that you're not that far from getting out to Ireland soon as well. So how have you seen, and and this may be a more complicated question than, than having a simple answer, but in terms of Canadian professional golf, you and I have both seen it at LPGA tournaments, that just the vast amount of people that show up to those events in support. Do you credit a lot of that to, to people like Mike Weir, who won the Masters, and, and now Brooke Henderson on the LPGA? becoming a major champion. Have you seen that or do you think that has any effect on the way that, that more golf courses start to pop up and, and the game starts to become more popular? Yeah. I mean, Mike Weir and Tiger Woods obviously had their biggest successes around the same time. So from a Canadian golfer perspective on the PGA tour, uh, Corey Connors, Adam Hadwin, Nick Taylor, uh, Mackenzie Hughes, David Hearn, Graham Dillette. If you ask any of those guys, why are you professional golfers? Well, it, Tiger and Mike are one in one A. They all know where they were when Mike Weir won the Masters. They can all say, you know, without a doubt, this is at least part of the reason why I think I can do this too. And, and we'll get to Brooke in a second because, you know, Mike is from a very small town himself in southwestern uh, Ontario. Um, he's not very big, you know, he's five foot 10, doesn't weigh all that much. He's not an intimidating kind of figure, but he went out and he won the masters. And that shows a lot to Canadians that if somebody like that can do it, I mean, why can't they either? 
And with Brooke, you know, she's not all that intimidating either. She's got this megawatt smile and her town is even smaller than uh, Mike Weir's town. And Brooke is not only a major champion, but also uh, the winningest Canadian of all time, LPGA or PGA Tour with her nine wins. So I am very excited to see, you know, the 10 or 11 year old girls now bear witness to this and then in 10 years become the next Brooke Henderson and we can have kind of this Brooke Henderson effect going on just like what we had with the Mike Weir effect. So we don't have as many sort of Canadian male amateurs climbing the ranks right now at at a rapid pace. And I think we kind of need that next Mike Weir to to come along. And if Corey or Nick or Adam ends up winning a major, I think we'll have that that next uh, influential flash, but you, you can't help but have a keen eye on, on the female side of things who are coming up and, and thinking, well, if Brooke can do it, I can do it too. And I think it's spectacular for our little nation, at least in terms of professional golfers, to have those heroes, to have those individual stars who aren't from Toronto, who really aren't from, you know, big country club money either. Uh, I mean, Brooke's parents, one worked, um, you know, as a school teacher for 30 years, her father did, and her mom worked uh, as, a, as a counselor. Like these are run of the mill folks who happen to have a, a daughter or a son in professional sports that are doing things that we've not never seen before. So it's a big reason to say that we can have generational influence, but we do need kind of that shining star uh, to, keep it, uh, to keep it chugging along. And right now it's exciting though. Right now on, on a professional golf level, we've seen the influence of stars. We're seeing Brooke not just be influence, but also become a world beater herself, top 10 in the world. And so it influenced a generation to come and pick up the game as well. And maybe they're not going to make it to the pro level, but I mean, Mike Weir was part of the reason why I wanted to play golf too. So, you know, it's extending the influence to, uh, to outside generations. And, and I don't know per se if that will be reflected in golf courses being built, but certainly golf being played in this country has a lot to do with our individual stars doing things on on a world stage. Yeah, it has to, there has to be at least a direct correlation between the popularity of the sport and the number of people playing it to the success and growth of the golf business in general in the country. So it's it's cool to see both of on the male and female side, there's that influence from a very prominent figure in the game of golf. Yeah. It's very, very unique. And I think it is unique for sure for, for us. And, you know, we have that and we're very proud of our, our athletes and we see it, you know, on the, on the Olympic side of things too, because I think, you know, despite the fact that we are a very big country, as we talked about before, our population is literally the same as just California. Like there's the same amount of people living in our whole country as there is in that state. So when one of ours magically does something that uh, makes us stand up and take notice, it's pretty cool. So in thinking about what's next in, in terms of golf in Canada, are you aware right now of, of any, any big projects that are, that are happening in the near future or you've talked about the places to go right now, but where might be the next big place to, for people to consider in Canada? Yeah. Um, so we just had, other than the Cabot side of things, which um, is kind of in its own category in terms of golf course building in this country, because as long as they've got land, they certainly have people who are interested in coming out there. And, um, you know, like I said, the new, the short course is opening July 1st, which is Canada Day here. 
obviously, of course, July 4th is Independence Day there, but we've got July 1st for us and that's going to open. And then I understand, you know, the conversations are ongoing with them about potentially some other projects that may be coming not in, not in Nova Scotia, but perhaps in other destinations across Canada. So kind of keep your eyes on the, on the Cabot brand, I think is, is what I've been told at least as it relates to other spots in the country, two new layouts. um, One as of 2018, first full season, 2019 uh, is called Lobovic. Lobovic is a, um, is a golf club just north of Toronto that opened. It's semi-private right now. uh, And it's kind of meandering through these subtle hills um, just north of the city. It's very, it's the same designer as the TPC Toronto at Osprey Valley golf course. So you see some of the same, the same stuff there, Uh, but it's, it's a great layout as well. And then out West is probably the most exciting project in Canadian golf in, in quite some time non-Cabot division, uh, but it's Mickelson National. So it's Phil Mickelson's first golf course that he's working on, I think, as a solo designer. I'm not 100% sure, but it's in Calgary. Soft launch last year, 2019, couple holes. 2020 will be its first full season. Well, I say full, but obviously we've got some other health matters that are pressing here. But yeah, Mickelson National, I think it's going to be like 8,000 yards or something like that. Ongoing conversation about wanting to host the Canadian Open out there and stuff like that too. But So those are the only ones that have opened uh, over the last little while. But exciting. I think they've opened for a reason. You get Phil Mickelson attached to a project. You get this iconic Canadian designer uh, attached to a product a project in Toronto that has some real estate as well. Uh, and then you've got Cabot doing its thing. You know, there, there's some excitement there, even though it's, it's a slower kind of market, you know, from a, from an underrated destination perspective or, or a spot that, you know, maybe is starting to have its moment, you know, this PEI conversation we, we already had, but you know, it, it's coming out of the shadows of, of Cabot. It was the spot uh, out east for a number of years then it kind of retreated to the background now it's coming it's really coming back to the foreground once again which which is exciting stuff for them but also for Canada because now we've got this one-two punch out east you know the the golf courses out west I think you know with Mickelson National now being open you know and with with Canmore which is so you kind of go Calgary Canmore, Banff. It's it's you got to drive through one of those towns to get to the next one and Canmore was either a stop halfway to go to the washroom and then press on or people I don't think thought all that much about it but it has golf there which is just as great as in Banff or anywhere else so you know if if you're gonna spend your money arrive in a destination and and get in the car it's worth kind of checking out all of the the areas around it so you know I say PEI again but I say it with a reason and then out west kind of the the Canmore so you're on the way up to these destinations that everyone knows about, uh, I would say that uh, that's a place for sure to look out for over the next little while. Fantastic. Well, that is a lot for people to chew over. You know, it's a big country, so you're not going to do all this in one trip, certainly. But, you know, maybe you go up, you fall in love with it, and you want to check out somewhere else. Uh, So keep this podcast handy or keep Adam's information handy. Uh, Adam, where can people find you when they want to ask you all these questions that they have as a follow-up to this podcast <laughs> definitely just uh hit me on on twitter for sure with all of your canadian uh, golfing queries adam underscore stanley 
uh, very happy to talk about some places that I've been or places that I've heard of and want to go myself. I think the, the main point, if I can leave it with something, is we've got golf that's very comparable to, to golf in the United States, but 30% cheaper. Just as fun. We're super nice. All those stereotypes are entirely accurate. And we would be glad to have you. Come on up anytime, but get your passport first. Yes. Actually, I do need to renew my passport now that I think about it. So I appreciate the reminder there. And then I'll be there. I'll meet you somewhere. I definitely want to come to Cabot for sure. Yeah. But yeah, let's get something going. Let, let's just meet there. Um, and then we'll go to PEI afterwards. I'll show you what I'm talking about. Okay, perfect. Looking forward to it. Um, Can't wait. All right, Adam, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, until next time, appreciate it. Thanks, man. Stay right. safe. Take care.